0: Our scripture this evening is Psalm 100, verse 4. As it's brief, let me read what you just sang together. In context, I have preached the whole uh, psalm for Thanksgiving service, I think, in 2010, I noticed. So I did draw on one little thing to bring back into the message tonight on verse 4. So you can go see if you want to see all of the verses in context. I'm going to be focusing on verse 4 this evening. Let me go ahead and read Psalm 100, and then we'll repeat and look at verse 4 together. A psalm of praise. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful. Unto him, and bless his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth to all generations. Let me read for us again verse 4. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him, and bless his name. I want you to see this evening that twice, just in this verse, and certainly it has this sense throughout the psalm, but especially verse 4, twice we're spoken of the idea of having thanks. Enter his gates with thanksgiving, enter his courts with praise, be thankful unto him, be thankful unto him. The message for you this evening is, be so thankful to God. Be so thankful to God can't help but think of Luke 17, verse 12 and following. Jesus heals the ten lepers. But he questions why only one of them comes back to thank me. To give glory. And, 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 and that as well. It's the Samaritan. It's, it's not even the Jews that ought to especially know to come back to the Messiah and say, Thank you. Why is it that only one comes back to thank I think that might give us a warning that maybe it's likely that one in ten people that ought to be thankful are thankful. May we find ourselves to be the minority, beloved. One day it'll be the majority in the new heavens and the new earth. It'll be everybody giving thanks. It's the opposite of our text, right? Our text says that God's people should be deeply thankful to him and so come to offer worship to him that is full of their thanks to him. I give that to you as the main idea of our verse. God's people should be deeply thankful to him and so come to offer worship to him that is full of their thanks to him. Thanksgiving should be the motivation to be here. There's this approaching. We're just so thankful to come as we sing in Psalm 122 in the morning. I was glad to hear them say, let us go to the house of God. So thankful that we get to do that. And then Thankfulness brings us here, and thankfulness is how we express ourselves here. That's what worship is about. Saying, thank you, God. One thing I really appreciate about our church's culture, and it's one that I had to learn and I, I try to remember to be good about, is thank you cards. Somebody to, Sometimes I almost think some of us are like, oh, okay, you don't have to thank me for thanking you. <laughs> you know, but we'll even get cards for that. But we're just so thankful. We have a culture of knowing to express thanks that's just what should be so natural for God's people to him we're coming to say thank you God thank you all week he gave me 6 days and i have one day to just come and say thank you God you gave me my food you provide for all my needs I'm here, I'm alive. That life is simply because you chose to keep giving it to me. Thank you, God. That's why we should be here. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for being my God. Thank you for letting me come worship you. And now that I'm here worshiping you, I just want to keep saying thank you, thank you, thank you. It begins with being thankful enough to know he is worthy of our praise. And that's all we need to know to show up. But it's also how we should show up, how we should approach through the gates to the temple of worship is to be with thanksgiving. There's this approaching of God that should be thankful, motivated by and expressing thankfulness. When it says with thanksgiving, the Hebrew for with thanksgiving has the idea of impacting a definite target. We should be coming knowing God is to be the object of our appreciation and this is why we come. This is why we are here, and this is what we are doing. We especially shoot up our thanks to him in corporate worship. But then we should go closer into his courts, from the gates now through into the courts, and be thankful. And these words praise are very similar to the Hebrew words thankful, and sometimes are translated back and forth that way. But we should be thankful in his presence. You might say that this verse... Psalm 100 verse 4 is a call to be superfluously thankful. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Come with thanksgiving. Be thankful. You might say, all right, I got it, I heard you. Yeah, hear it again. Be thankful. Don't forget. Be thankful. Come back next week. Don't forget. Be thankful. I revisited... The idea of being thankful for our sermon tonight after our study together of the larger catechism last week, number 32, uh, in the evening during fellowship. We'll go back to it tonight and finish it, I believe. It, uh, the question was, how is the grace of God manifested in the second covenant? That is, how does God show, show his grace? Uh, how is it manifested in the covenant of grace? Among a number of things we studied, we, we focused on this last week. God enables his people in the covenant of grace, who find themselves in it, unto all holy obedience, think about that with our study on sanctification this morning, as the evidence of the truth of their faith and thankfulness to God. How does God manifest the covenant of grace in us? In our thankfulness. How is it manifest that grace is in us from God through Christ? That we're thankful to have it. That we're thankful to have God. That we're thankful to be called upon to sacrifice for God. We gave some time to thinking about how important it is that we be thankful to God. In this verse you could say, be so thankful. Or we could say, be full of thanks. Again, superfluous. And give it all up in thanksgiving. Worship. Grateful hearts are evidence of people with God's grace in their hearts. The opposite is also true, but let me say that again. Grateful hearts are evidence of people who have God's grace in their hearts. I think of brother shared with me recently how things he used to be so angry at God for, he now thanks God for. It's a change of heart. The way to recognize everything God does is good and wise for us. We know that Romans 8, 28, right? God does everything for our good, we who love him. Be thankful even for those difficult, evil things that he uses as ingredients along with other things to develop things. Remember, I always appreciate the illustration when we think of Romans 8, verse 28. Uh, Everything from God is good for us. Uh, But it doesn't mean everything is good. And the the idea of a recipe, you make cake. It isn't just sugar, it's also salt. Baking soda, eh, I think so, right? Not so tasty by itself. In fact, you know, I bought some baking soda toothpaste recently, like the powdery stuff. I thought I'd try it, you know. Wow. It's not too tasty, but it sure cleans, you know. But, um, you know, baking soda, all these things that make cake. We love to eat cake, at least most of us do. But there's all these different ingredients, and some of those ingredients, you know, are not pleasant in and of themselves, but they're necessary to work with everything else to make that good thing everything is for our good, everything we can thank God for, even difficult things, if the grace of God is in our heart, not without mourning, not without suffering, but we can still thank God. Just getting us through it. I want to say it again. Grateful hearts are evidence of people who have God's grace in their hearts. For instance, Isaiah 51, verse 3. For the Lord shall comfort Zion. He will comfort all her waste places. And he will make her wilderness like Eden, and her desert like the garden of the Lord. Joy and gladness shall be found therein. Thanksgiving and the voice of melody. So among these other things, what will be found within the people of God with whom God has worked grace? Thanksgiving, it's just going to be a part of their identity. A thankful people. And if we're thankful, boy, does that trump a whole lot of other issues and ways we handle things, doesn't it? If we're just thankful. Because we remember what we deserve only is hell. And what we only deserve on this earth until hell is more hell. I've shared with you in the past, um, I think it's kind of worthy to repeat, help us think of that, we'd have a good attitude. Uh, This one uh, singer I want to say Mark Lowry. I know he sang with some important uh, um, gospel singers. He had a ministry. He's a comedian, a Christian comedian. He was in Pittsburgh. Uh, I wasn't there at the time, but I am in. Pits- I lived in Pittsburgh. But he was doing a, some kind of an event for a youth, a youth event in Pittsburgh. And when he was done, the youth pastor or the youth director shook his hand. want to thank you so much for the ministry and sent him away not giving them any not giving him anything they had promised for remuneration for his time and costs and he's driving away and he's mad he's complaining up to God how can you let this happen to me they didn't pay me i got nothing you know and then he felt as if the lord returned and spoke back to him and said this which is what you and i should hear every time we complain let alone if we just don't get it exactly how we want it we complain right he felt like God's answer to him was this It sure beats hell. And you realize again, that's the only thing God owes us. That's the only thing we deserve to have from him. Anything better than that is cause for rejoicing and thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is part of being God's people. It's just part of the DNA of having the Holy Spirit working with us and the blood of Christ having cleansed us that we have been saved from hell. And we have been saved from his wrath and judgment due to us for our sins. That we've been saved from this world. Another example. Jeremiah 30 verse 19. And out of them shall proceed thanksgiving. And the voice of them that make merry. And I will multiply them and they shall not be few. I will also glorify them and they shall not be small. Out of them shall proceed thanksgiving. They shall be found therein. What shall be found within them thanksgiving. How is somebody going to recognize that you're a Christian out there? How should they recognize it as they come in here and spend time with us in fellowship? They ought to see people who are thankful. And this doesn't mean that we don't recognize we have problems and pain and difficulties, but we remain thankful unto God. Because we know everything's for our good. And he has saved us from all that we deserve. Notice the connection in those verses between glorifying God with thanksgiving and being merry. Did you notice that? Thankful people are happy people. You can't be one without the other. And the happiest people I know are the most thankful people. And if you don't mind me embarrassing Mr. Renner, he's going to try to hide under the pew. This fellow is so thankful. When he does something for us, he thanks me for letting him help me. I said, like, you're helping me. And I know he means it. He's just so thankful to be serving and to be in fellowship. And does anyone know anybody a little happier than him? I, I bet you can't name anybody. He's trying to hide right now. But we all know it's the truth. As my wife likes to say, if everybody was like Mr. Renner, what the world would be like. Oh, don't worry, we have our fights, and we, he's not perfect, we deal with, he, he deals with me. But I, I think we all know this is the truth, right? So, look at that testimony. Thankfulness and happiness, they go together. That's in both of those prophecies there. But notice in our Psalm 100, we're told in verse 4, Come with thanksgiving and be thankful. What do we see in verses 1 and 2? Make a joyful noise. Serve the Lord with gladness. And when you're thankful, how can you not? I mean, how do we respond when we're thankful, right? <laughs> Especially if we're children, right? Yeah, we love to watch Everybody Feeds Phil. You ever see that program? Every time he eats something he loves, Isaac does a good impersonation of him. He eats something he likes and, you know, what a way to live. That's the way to live, love. Thankful, happy. That tastes great. You know, you might be eating something that tastes like cardboard. Why not? A lot of people do. I mean, we have so many blessings, so many things. I mean, wow, what a Puritan feast. What we had, we had so much food, so many amazing tasting things. I mean, that alone is, we ought to be, just be thanking God for a couple of weeks for that, you know? And then, how wonderful to just feel happy. People seem to want to feel unhappy. Why? Oh, and among other things, they just don't want to be thankful. Christians are to be a witness of thanksgiving, and in that we will see a great connection of merriment. They go together. Beloved, when you are unthankful, you will be unhappy. You want to feel better? Find something to be thankful about and praise God for it. And there is never something you can't, including the difficult providences. Look in the past, look in your journal. Find something to thank him for. You can be thankful to God for something, really everything, all the time, and then be at peace and have the joy of the Holy Ghost. It's your choice. May this song be your choice and always on your heart. Psalm 69, verse 30. I will praise the name of God with a song and will magnify him with thanksgiving. May you do that with the heart of Psalm 116, verse 17. I will offer to thee the sacrifice of thanksgiving, and will call upon the name of the Lord. Now, notice Thanksgiving is a sacrifice. Even in Leviticus, there were offerings that were called offerings, the Thanksgiving offerings. And it is a sacrifice. You could be doing something else right now. You're sacrificing of your time. I pray and trust you're sacrificing of your attention and what you're choosing to appreciate and put your dependence on and praise and glorify. But it's a sacrifice. Sometimes it is a sacrifice of our time just to choose. I'm going to choose to be thankful with this right now. And I'm going to see what God does with it. As he manifests himself through my thankfulness. Thankfulness and the sacrifice of thankfulness stops to recognize the Father of heavenly lights as the giver of all good things. And to give him thanks with a thankful heart that denies self-interest and that denies self-attention. Often we're unthankful because we don't like God getting the attention we would prefer to have for ourselves, including from our brethren. Giving our thanksgiving to God, the sacrifice is that I just want to give attention to God. I just want to join the brethren in saying, Thank you, God. That's all I want to do here, is I just want to say thank you. That's all we should be coming here really to do is to say thank you. Admittedly, there are many other elements of, aspects of worship, I should say, but thanksgiving ought to be primary, ought to be up there, ought to be enough. Thank God for his gifts, and thank God. More than anything else, for giving himself to us through Jesus Christ. And remember the sacrifice that Christ made to give his Father to us. I saw a bumper sticker this week, so the kids knew this was coming. I saw a bumper stick this week that influenced me also to want to study thankfulness to God. I've been thinking about how we seem to be really touched by it, studying the larger catechism last Lord's Day evening. That's supposed to be a way that we're manifesting the covenant of grace working in us. But I saw a bumper sticker, and it really hit me. It said this. Make America grateful again. That's what everybody should have on their car bumper and nothing else. Because we'll never be great until we're grateful to Almighty God again. And I don't think most of us are. And I don't think most of the churches really are. All we do is complain. All we do is try to manipulate. I really appreciated the preacher we heard at the... Wednesday night pastor's prayer breakfast is our our answer to our country is not who we put in office it's starting from the bottom with we the people the church when we repent of our sins and we get right with God he says we could have the apostle Paul and Peter in office and if we don't change in the churches the country will not change and he's absolutely right May we pray that God would make America, if it ever has been truly, may we pray that God would make America grateful again. Amen to that. Because the church's witness, I believe, has often been expressed in public not as an attitude of gratitude. Focusing on what may possibly be taken away, rather than all we have. as we waste it in murmuring and worry about plenty of things that never take place and some that they do because we've made it a self-fulfilling prophecy because we can't be bothered to focus on going to thank God. How many people say they do but never darken the doorstep of the church to say thank you, God? Why would he give us more? An attitude of gratitude should be the emphasis of our testimony to the Lord as his people. For it is one of two things that God highlights as his will for his people in the New Testament, even in the same letter. There's two places in the New Testament where God specifically says what his will is for his people, for Christians, for the church. First, First Thessalonians chapter four verse three, which we read, which is a good transition from this morning's text. For this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that ye should abstain from fornication. But this is the will of God, even your sanctification. He that's what's highlighted is two things. Your sanctification, your holiness, your godliness. Is that our concern? I don't think Make America Great Again has a concern for holiness. Or gratefulness. Or, but that's the two things God highlights. Number two, what is God's will for his church? First Thessalonians 5, verse 18. In everything, notice, in everything. You can go to Romans 8, 28 to determine how to do that. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Two things God highlights in the same letter, close together. God's will for you is to be holy, sanctified. And God's will for you is to be thankful and to give thanks. That's his will for you in Christ Jesus. It's interesting. God's will for you is to give thanks. The next verse, it's interesting. 1 Thessalonians 4 verse 4 says, Don't quench the Holy Spirit. I think a lot of people uh, have a lot of fun doing gymnastics with that verse. But, and I'm not going to try to argue that. I know for sure it's closely connected. But it's something interesting to think about. Be thankful. That is God's will for you. And the next thing Paul thinks to say is, Don't quench the Holy Spirit. Surely, a lack of thanksgiving squelches the work of the Spirit. For it instead complains against him. And that's the biggest problem of God's people throughout the Old and New Testament. Complaining against God. Murmuring against God. 1 Corinthians 10 says the folks in the Old Testament, especially in Numbers, they are the example to you not to follow but to learn from. And what is highlighted there of their problem, which caused more difficulties for them, they were unthankful. And so you see they were unhappy. And think about the amazing things God did for them in their presence and yet they just complained and complained and complained. You see, they had hearts that were full of bitterness. and Therefore, their hearts were empty of thankfulness. How can we avoid such a dangerous disposition toward God? By rather having the devoted dedication of thanking Him for everything. And thanking Him all the time. Thanking Him superfluously. He's always worthy of it. It's always a blessing. And you know, like anything, sanctification is a habit. Practice being thankful. You're going to find it's easier to be thankful. You're going to learn and train yourself how to look for things and how to find things to thank God for. And then guess what? You're going to be more happy. It's not the reason to do it, but notice it's very connected in all the texts. We might think in counseling people, you're very unhappy. Let's talk about how thankful you are. Let's work on your thankfulness. See what happens. Thank God about everything he's done. All that he is doing and all that he is going to do for his church. And marvel when he should send us to hell. And he should abandon us to ourselves. And thank God he hasn't. And swoon with appreciative adoration. Be so thankful to God. Be so thankful to God. That's the message for you this evening. Especially as you come to worship in Psalm 100, verse 4, but everywhere. We have a sign in our room I've mentioned before. There's uh, start the day with Thanksgiving, something like that. And I I love what we have in a sign in our fellowship room. Everybody look for it tonight. Maybe take a picture of it and text it to yourself every day this week. There's always something for which to be thankful. Now that's a life I want to live. How about you? Be so thankful to God beloved. Let us pray. Lord God, forgive us for our complaining and murmuring, especially as it is against you, whatever it is. And Lord, especially forgive us as we complain when you give us things. Not the way we thought it would be or the timing of it. We've, we don't recognize it's what's best for us, for you are wise and holy and good, and we are not. Lord Give us a life of holy thanksgiving at all times and everywhere. And at this moment, as we respond to you in singing and receiving your benediction. Where else would we rather be? But holy worship in your presence, offering up our thanks to you. We pray in Jesus' name and all your people said, Amen.